I mean, it's really not that hard. <laughs> want to do it? I'll do it this time. What up, podcast world? As always, intro starting at a weird time. Welcome to Podcast FC Show. My name's Tiki. I'm Tom. Um, this week we'll be talking about EPL Match Day Eleven. 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 Almost said twelve. That. Jumping forward. Um, let's kick it off right away. Get right into it. Man United versus West Bromwich Albion. Man, couple, couple great performances in in this game. Um, unexpectedly so, but um, I thought it was a pretty good game. You know, um, United looked pretty dangerous, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing in that regard. Yeah, I mean the the first half, like United was in control, no question. The game was, we basically bossed the game. I say we for anyone who doesn't know. I'm a massive Man United fan since I was a kid in South Africa growing up. So when I say we or us, I'm usually referring to United. But anyway, um, we were in control that first half. Although we don't, again, we don't have teeth, man. Like that's what I keep saying about United is that we are a good-looking team, looking solid. Captain Chris Smalling. Yeah, I'm calling him Captain already. Oh, my God. Chill out with that. <laughs> Captain Chris Smalling is beastly and so like the defense is locked down but the problem is we don't have that offensive teeth and it's it's making me nervous that first half was really really flat you guys are like you're like a sputtering sports car great call you know like you you have the ability to go fast but but your muffler's kind of just blowing out and and now and then you'll get sparkles that 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 will go sparks that will accelerate you like jesse lingard yeah the young fellow coming coming through. through Um, you know, and I've I haven't been critical of him. I've just been a little bit critical of the decision to not start Memphis Depay, and you know it paid off with Van Hal um, this week. What did he I say? Gave the young boy a chance, and um, he he managed to get a good goal. Um, so this this team again that that was a little sputter though. Um, Wayne Rooney. Get dot, it dot, up, dot. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this guy. Uh, I. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I feel like he played better. Played better against West Brom. He's he's showing that form of like he's sort of slowly finding it. I feel like, but like, it's just it just sucks because we're waiting for it, and by waiting for it, we're having these games where we're really flat. And yes, you blame I blame Van Gaal's tactics as well, but like. Clearly, the system for Wayne Rooney, it's taken him a long time to adjust. And unfortunately, he can't be benched because he's our captain. He's the no. face of United. You can't afford to bench him. So you just sort of ride it out and hope he finds his form soon. But like, Well, the thing is, he scored in the Champions League in the yep. game before. So, you know, you, you're but, just expecting to see a turn of pace. What's up? But he missed like a five-yard out ball, like just whiffed on it before he scored that goal. So, like, it's still, like, yes, he scored that goal, so people are going to ignore the rest of the performance. And I would say he played well. You know, I'd give him, like, a seven, Mm. six and a half, seven, which is, you know, it's not what we expect from Rain Rooney, but lately I would take a seven from Rain Rooney and a goal. You know, Mm. so it's, like, it's this tough thing. Like, you're right. Just need consistency from him. Yeah, and I don't – he's been consistent his whole career, so for him to be inconsistent, it's not, like – it's not in his blood. It's just there's something wrong, something that's not clicking. 
Well, I thought this game was a little funny. West Brom had a couple X Men U players and Johnny Evans oh, and Darren Fletcher. Oh, love those guys. Well, I love Fletcher more. Johnny Evans don't really care too much about, Not but he's so in, much. He's an ex United soldier, so yeah, I still I still feel for him. And that, that block he had on um who was in? Get some recovery pace. That, yes, I finally showed recovery. Oh, I think it was on Lingard. I could be wrong. I should have probably researched this before the podcast, but um no so like it was it was sad to see them wearing uh the other team's colors but what can you do man we showed him respect gave him a bit of an applause when they came in and you know like you do you you do what you can you know it's It's, professional it's that thing man i mean he he just he just fell out Uh, he had a lot of things go wrong at the wrong time including the coach leaving so yeah, you know it's tough as a professional. You just have to kind of take that lump, exactly. accept that that was the peak of your career, and kind of play out your days. Yeah, and he's getting paid, and I'm sure he's getting paid well. Maybe not as well as he was at United, but either way, he's getting paid, so you can't feel too bad for him. But Lingard gets his first goal, man. And speaking of flats, so United as always was doing lateral passing, left to right. You know the John Obi Mikel style, never forward, shots <laughs> fired. Um, and then all of a sudden, Chris Smalling charges up with the ball from the back. Like, they just, I don't know, it looked like the River Nile just opened up. Inspiring. And he just took space and kept taking it, kept taking it all the way to, like, almost the final third. And then laid it off to the, uh, to the left, and they crossed it in for Lingard. And Lingard just controlled. Nice finish. Nice, curler. Nice, yeah. nice little curler. Um to the to the bottom right, um, it took a, a bounce right before and made it really difficult for the goalie. Which is perfect. It's perfect for that's that's the type of shot you want. The one that bounces right in front of the goalie. They always tell you like that's the nightmare save for the goalie. He's a young lad playing with confidence. I don't like what I'm seeing <laughs> as an Fucking. Arsenal fan. Um, you know, United's coming up the rear, and I don't like it. Yeah, they're, they're coming it's, together. It's and it's it's pretty to watch, but. I don't know. I'm still wary about Van Gaal, man. Like, like if United goes down one nothing, can we do enough to to win that game to come back and decisively win it? I don't know. Not this season, but I think you guys are gonna have another blockbuster summer window, and that's Maybe. gonna help um, because I think you're really gonna address the necessary holes this time around. Um, but on top of that, as long as you keep playing Anthony Martial up top at the striker role in which and he deserves to play. I agree with you. You guys will be fine. And did you notice how we got that second goal with Under Herrera playing it through to Marshall down the middle of the field? Kid is a nightmare, no matter where he is on the pitch. It's unbelievable. And that first touch he had, I thought it was a little too heavy. And then I realized the speed. He was, like, catching up to it, and the defender had no option but to take him out. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Does not matter. No option. So, like, having that guy full-time 90 minutes playing in that position, we would be such a better team offensively because he's just so aggressive. He runs at defenders, and I say it every week, guys. You're probably getting bored of it. But either way, like, it is what it is. And until we see it happen on the field, I'm going to keep complaining about it. I mean, imagine playing... Depay, Lingard, and Martial, once they're all on form, and Mata, and maybe even Rooney, Mata and Rooney sitting under that with a strong central midfielder, even Bastian Schweinsteiger, you might be able to make that work in a very attacking formation. And we could. If those kids are all hitting on all cylinders, 
United it's going to be a nightmare. Team. And it's great because all those guys are all under 21. Mm. So these are like the generation of the future. So even though Depay is struggling right now, he's a youngster, you know, so he's got his whole career ahead of him. So maybe this year is an off year, an adjusting year. He's coming from, you know, a level, you know, A minus, B plus league in, in uh, the Eredivisie. You know, and now he's coming to the big stage, money, cars, fame. So maybe he's not really focused. Hopefully next year he comes in. He's like, okay, I had my party. Kind of like Luke Shaw. When he came in two seasons ago, his first season, absolute crap. He was overweight. And now this past season, unfortunately, he got hurt. But he was looking like his old Southampton self. He was. So he took a year to sort of just enjoy the money and the fame. And then he got back to football. And I'm hoping that's what happens to Depay. But I'm hoping it happens next game not mm. you know next season mm. i mean young talent man young talent investing is really what it is that's what these inflated price tags are about they're about an investment um when you can get a player who as young as anthony martial who makes an instant impact earns the penalty kick for the second goal um mata steps up takes the pk right down the middle one of those that really annoy goalies um but as long as you, you can have this this youth mixed with the experience, I think that's what United does yeah. a better job of than any other team in the league is the mix of youth and veterans. Yeah. Um, and they're prospering at the moment. And I love that it's um, Van Gaal's been good, relatively good about mixing in United youth talent. You know, last year he tried Blackett. Yes, Blackett's out on loan now. But either way, you know, gave Blackett a shot in the first team for a whole season. Paddy McNair, he's hurt right now, but he's also in the first team discussions. Please, um, please, let's not mention Paddy McNair. I love Paddy McNair. <laughs> Paddy, love that guy. Call it right now, it's fraud. He's too young to to be identified as a fraud. But yes, it's looking a little tricky for me. I don't know if he'll pan out, but I support Paddy McNair. You got Wilson, James Wilson. Now you got Lingard coming through. So I love that he's blending in like the Bastian Schweinsteigers, the Memphis Depays, the Marshalls with the internal man united youth so they still feel like hey as a reserve player i still have a shot i'm still motivated to get into this first team that's how the magic rubs off that's how you inspire it's amazing and when when lingard scored that goal to go back to lingard's goal him and marshall hugged each other so tightly and that's that youth bond the bonds are already being being forged it's absolutely amazing now the chemistry on the field translates to off the field the understanding becomes greater and that's when you really sacrifice for your teammates and there's a difference between you know loving that teammate because really it's a battle yeah when you go into war you know you want to be brothers versus a band apart definitely so that being said who's your man of the match um man i mean really good game i like the way Martial played. Honestly, I think he was very effective in mm. the game. He may have not necessarily, you know, gotten a goal, um, but I, I really liked how effective he was for you guys. His movement just kept tormenting the defenders. With the PK, he earned the winner. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I say Chris Smalling. Oh, of course Captain. you do. Captain Smalling, <laughs> dude, he shut down Solomon Rondon. And a lot of people don't know his quality, Solomon Rondon's quality, because he was... What like we'd say what mid two thousands he was one of those guys a lot of big clubs were looking at he was yeah, sort of like Arsenal on everyone's radar and he just linked I don't know what happened he just never panned out but either way it's awesome to see him at West Brom playing ninety minutes a game and but Chris Smalling to shut him down 
clean everything up in the back. Another clean sheet. I think he deserves man of the match. No big deal. No big deal. All right, let's move on to a team that's struggling with team chemistry. Stoke versus Chelsea. Chelsea, my Chelsea. Goodness, my goodness, <laughs> Farid, how you doing out there? Oh man, taking L's out here. Um, Mourinho, if he does any more backstepping, he's gonna be Michael Jackson because this dude is moonwalking his way out of interviews and everything. He wasn't allowed to actually participate and sit in the coach's box this game as he was suspended. Yeah, he wasn't even allowed at the stadium. He was watching it from the Chelsea Hotel. So already mentally going into this game, the team had to go in understanding that the head coach was not going to be there. But, man, I I don't know what to make of this Chelsea team. I I myself have, have kind of vouched Mourinho and say stay strong long term let's see what happens it's getting harder every week yeah and it's Mourinho's not helping his case like you said by by just being a head case he's making it I know his his tactics always been the distraction is me like media focus on me but it's it's too much you know when you're getting suspended from stadiums it's too much there's a balance where yes you want the media to attack the manager when the team loses so you know the team can focus on training and winning the next game but it's it's out of balance this year it's absolutely out of balance and i think it cost chelsea that win it cost chelsea that game you know and although i would say you could argue Stoke is lucky to have won that game. Chelsea was in control of most of that game. There weren't there weren't many clear cut opportunities for Chelsea to to score, but they were definitely threatening half chances, a lot of half chances from Chelsea. So like I feel like if Mourinho's on the sideline and he yells at Pedro exactly at the right time, or exactly. you know he gives Aspilicueta the exact right dis, um, um, permission to get forward, then Chelsea maybe win that game. But who knows? You know, these are obviously all hypotheticals, but I feel like his presence in that stadium would have been beneficial. For sure. For sure. Especially when you consider a side like Stoke, who's very organized defensively. They're difficult to break down. They have they were mountains home. in the back in Shorecross. Oh, love that guy. You, you don't want to. I, I, I hate that guy. He broke Aaron Ramsey's ankle. He hurts Deserve a lot of people, but he's a Ramsey savage. Soft. I can't deny it. You know he's he's a Rams savage out there. He's he's a he's Rams a general. You want you you'd want to go in the battle with. Whoa whoa what? Ramsey's soft. Ramsey is not soft. Are you Ramsey's serious? R- Rambo. That's his nickname. <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just he talking goes smack. In the war, I'm but... talking smack because he's an Arsenal player. No man, I like the Stokes squad. They have um, Jedrin Shakiri, um, the young Swiss international who they've invested in um, with a high price tag, club record. So he had a great game. I thought Victor Moses, who they've snagged from Chelsea, um, a lot of a lot of talent. I think in the Stoke squad, Bojan Kerkic, also a lot of people don't know. So they have a lot of technical sure. players now. It's it's not so much the Stoke squad we remember from a couple of years back that was just hit the long ball, let's get the long throw in, and yeah, we're just gonna Palacios physically battle you. Yeah. Now they have a balance of that and skill. Dude, I was I was sitting there watching the game and when. Um, Anatovic scored that first, that first goal with that bike, and he's dude. He's Anatovich. nasty. Anatovic is one of those players where he he reminds me of like he has an Zlatan Ibrahimovic personality, like very arrogant. He's got that swag on the field, but it's it's almost like an offensive swag. It's a swag that messes up team chemistry. That kind of swag, like very 
very like arrogant. Because he doesn't pull it off a lot of the time, exactly. honestly. And so it's like chubby you're, you're not that dude, to, exactly. <laughs> but when but he when has, he's on, he shows magic. He's a magical player, and that bike just proved it for him to adjust his body like that and I, just bury that ball. Although although uh, Begovic got a touch to it, right? He got yeah, a little Begovic touch to it, but hand. it was just too much power. It was too much. And then I sat back. I was like, that was a crazy goal for Stoke to score. And I started looking at the players on the field, and I was like, time out. Yeah. Stokas, Anatovic, <laughs> Shakiri, Bohan, uh, Johnson, yep. and fucking Afalai. Yep. I was like, this is not Stoke. This is like it's this is like a Tottenham or like level <laughs> yep. type of team, Everton level. I was like, how did Stoke manage to piece together so many footballers you know guys who play the ball have the game plan it's all about the coach when tony pulis was managing them they were just hard nose yes. grind it out Long and that ball. you know it was a nightmare to play at the britannia it's it's it, on those, it on those rainy nights oh. those rainy days it's a nightmare to play at the britannia against those boys so they 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 managed to to shut out chelsea clean sheet um ironic it's it was a Mourinho score in a one nil type of game yeah scored a goal and then sort of packed it in a little bit and chelsea couldn't break him down i mean talk about no teeth for united these dudes are in granny stage it's just gums you know what the problem is the problem is costa's too busy looking for fights he's too busy looking for fights i was talking i was watching the game and i'm sitting there like okay so your team is at zero zero at the time of zero zero and you're not playing particularly well. You're not playing bad, but like it's just an okay game so far. You you know, everyone has no one has like quite broken out yet. And you're sitting there like trying to eyeball people, like run into people. Just trying to pick fights, trying to earn cards, trying to But I was, I was just like, dude, you like you're so reckless. you're so good. Like if you were like a B level player, like playing for maybe playing for Stoke and you're that type of guy, I would understand. But like you're at Chelsea, a prestigious club and Yes, there are times to be fired up, and there's a difference between playing hard and like trying to bully people versus playing dirty and trying to bait people. And he was baiting people, and it was just, I don't know. Every week, I just see it more and more, and I'm like, this guy's just a prick. Before, I was like, you know what? He's competitive. Yes, he's a bit mm-hmm. of a prick, but he's competitive, whatever. It was like, like a 60-40 balance. Yeah, now it's kind of like 70-30 <laughs> the other way. I'm like, this guy's like 70% like just asshole and yep. 30% competitor. Yep. Look, I think Diego Simeone might have been the manager who would have been able to get yeah, the best out of him. Right. And when he was at Atletico, you could see that because he was on he was another evil. level. He was evil, dude. And and the physique that he brought to a Barcelona and Real Madrid, they honestly, the, their defenders handle. aren't used to playing up against Ramos a player like that. Him. Sergio Ramos hated him. So when you take that to the Premier League and the ref's not going to give you those calls, the ref's, he's not going to... Protect you, so to speak. No, not at all. Against the short crosses who will hack you at some point. You know, that really can lower team morale because now those calls are going against you or you you just look like you're complaining. That's the thing. That's the difference is that if they're going against you and you just keep playing your game, it'll come right. And it's I say that... You know, being the type of guy who would, you know, yell at the ref when you felt, you know, unjust, unjustly uh, fouled. But it's as you take a step back and you're like, these are professionals, so they should be judged on a different scale than me who played like college ball and semi-pro, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just it's just a different level. So Mm -hmm. like you can't 
get away with that kind of stuff. You have to, like, I don't know, just do your job. Yes, the ref might blow a call, but you just, as cliche as it sounds, you just put your head down and get on with it. But look, you know how, so you mentioned you play, you play college and semi-pro. You know how when you played in those games, you needed to play with an extra anger, an extra That's... fire in your belly when you played out there. Yeah. His fire, this dude's got a forest fire going, straight up. And it's it's on, like you said, it's different levels on the pro level. So for me, I think like he may need to actually get into that mental stage. He may need to do those things in order to be at his peak performance. And I don't know how, that, how long that's going to last. I, I don't know how long that's going to last. His hamstrings, he's already injury prone. Yeah. I'd say Lowe's a big, strong man. He has a lot of muscular injuries. Yeah. I'm not sure with that attitude how long you're going to be able to last on a team the older you get. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's weird to say that because last year he was just such a perfect fit. You know, he won them the fucking league last year. And now this year, he's not, I'm not saying he's not a fit anymore. I'm just saying like it's, you can see all of them aren't fitting together. They're all on different pages. The only person I see playing well is Ramirez and William. Everyone else is sort of maybe will show up one game. I'll be like, "Wait, they'll have a great game." Then he'll take a nap for a few games, you know. So like, it's not this weird. And also Begovic, actually, I'll give Begovic some credit. He's I not, won't. I dude, think put I, Courtois in. No, no, Courtois. As soon as he's healthy, Courtois comes back, mm-hmm. no question. But the issues at Chelsea, I think they would still be having these issues. Maybe, like I said last week, maybe instead of losing to a team like Stoke today, they would have tied a team like Stoke today because Courtois would have been able to make that save against the Naltovic, who knows. But either way, there's still a problem at Chelsea, and the problem is that they're not clicking. So, yes, that's why I give Begovic some of the credit, is that he's just consistently giving you a 6.5 out of 10 game, whereas John Terry will have a 3 out of 10. And then a six out of ten. You yeah, know? no, this is definitely a disaster. Yes, um, yes. at the club. No question. I mean, seven losses now. Seven for a losses. defending champion that has never, ever, ever, ever happened in the history of the Premier League. Chelsea broke a record by having seven losses in your first opening twelve games this week against Stoke. So we'll see if they bounce back, man. But it's gonna be a a very hard road. I agree. So your man, the man, your man of the match for this game. Got to give it to Arnautovic. He earned it. Nice little bike. Um, beautiful goal. Clinical goal. Um, and I think I like him, man. He's a skillful player. Um, I think if he if he can just prove to be more consistent, he might end up being picked up by a different club. For me, might be a little surprised, but Zedanon Shakiri. Zedrin Shakiri. Zedrin Shakiri. Like all. All the runs around the field, every time he got the ball, he was trying to go positive, putting the defenders on their heels. And this is Chelsea he's going against, you know. It's not just some regular, like, mid-table team. He's trying to attack the Giants. And you could tell that this guy has pedigree because he's played at the Bayern. So he's not afraid of big clubs because he used to be at a big club. So I found that he played fearless. He put Chelsea on their heels. And unfortunately, he didn't get a goal, but I think he played the best on the field by far so man of the match Shakiri for me I'll just say a quick honorable mention would be Jack Butland who your boy Jackie I thought he, did a, he had a great game made a couple special saves to keep him in the game you know he anytime did. you play a top four 
squad like like Chelsea, you're gonna need a, a solid goalkeeper yep. who can manage the game, but also make those special especially saves, especially a shot moments. stopper. Yeah, that's what you need. You need a guy who's a shot stopper who can stop that shot that's going top cheese from a Ramirez or you know the Costas. So yeah, well, good call, man, with Jackie Butts. All right, moving on to a more another positive result for United fans out there. Um, Villa versus Stoke. Zero zero. No, not Stoke. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Villa versus Stoke. Sorry. Villa versus City. I'm losing my mind. Villa versus City, zero zero. At Villa. What are your thoughts? Is Man City still looking like champions? Yeah, I mean they're still looking like champions. Um again I think it's the Aguero factor. Mm-hmm. Um, just to not have, you know, that that guy um they're still trying to figure each other out going forward but i don't know i, I wasn't i wasn't that um surprised at, at 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 this result um i guess um maybe i was expecting a 1-1 draw some goals but i thought it was going to be a tough game um regardless um i think city are still the favorites riding down but i don't know 0-0 game at the end of the day I'm um, not too much in it. Yeah, um, I think City should have should have won this game. Like, like you said, I feel like if they had their boy in Aguero, like they would have had that edge to to work that to work a goal and you know get through that that sort of organ well organized Villa defense. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I'm not mad about it because like you know this obviously helps push United further up the table, but. Again, man, again, these clubs playing the smaller teams that are just sort of organized and frustrating, like West Brom attempted to be with United or Stoke was with City. And and it's just amazing to see Villa, you know, get rid of Tim Sherwood um, last week and then they bring in a replacement and the first result is to tie Man City. New coach, new, new co- attitude. It's, it's amazing to see and I feel like City weren't ready for that, you know. They weren't ready to be to 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 have that extra edge of fight you know they have the class they have the quality but that fight to be like okay you guys are riding high right now you have fresh blood in here but you know we're still the champions we're still going to come here and dominate and i feel like at times city were like not quick to the sword you know a little dull a little slow well it's it's definitely a fatigued team um, they they participate in a lot of competitions, mm-hmm. so that also might have something to do with it. You know, when you have a team that's fresher than you and is a, is a little bit more inspired than you, um, you know, they're, they're playing a, a top club. They want to show their new coach. All the players want to show the new coach, I deserve a starting spot. Yep. And so everyone's busting their ass full 90, you know. So I think I think at the end of the day, like I said, um, it was there's not too much in it. I think it was more so of a missed chance for Arsenal to go to the top of the league by two points. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think once they get fully healthy, they're, 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 they're the title favorites. They're, they have the deepest team. They've done it before. They have the experience. They have the coach. It's it's yeah. It's, it's diffi- for them to lose. It's difficult to see anyone really putting together a run consistently like yes i I feel like uh city will drop points um throughout the campaign but 
I think the number of points they drop won't match anyone else's because of that consistency. They're able to have a strong starting 11 basically every day of the week. Every you know? time. They have enough players to rotate. Like, they brought in Delph today. So, Delph is finally off his injury. He got so many boos in the game, by the way, and rightfully so. <laughs> if you didn't know why, he was getting booed. So, Delph had tweeted out last summer, or well, summer 2015, that he was never going to leave Aston Villa, that he was Villa for life, a villain for life. A couple of days later, he's signing a contract to Man City. So, like, oh my God. to come out in the media and tell the fans, like, I love you guys, I'm staying. And then two days later, you're like, all right, guys, see you later. Like, What do you do when you see that check, though? Well, you just don't tweet and say, I'm staying. That's what he should have done. He should have just shut his mouth and said nothing. My man had a moment, yo. You and just had a moment. You got caught up in the emotion, the love of the club. He did. He probably just came out from talking with the chairman and the yeah. coach, and they rubbed his shoulders, and yeah. they told him he's the man, and he came out feeling all, like, bossed. But, yeah, the moment, man. But, but yeah. Reality anyway, kicked in. Either way. So, like, they have guys like him who are, you know, now becoming healthy. So, the city, I agree with you, man. I don't, even though they drop points, I don't see, I don't see them, uh, I don't know. I don't see them falling out of this title race. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. Another team. Well, before we get into that, who was your man of the match for that one, Cam? It's tough to find one, right? Like, it was just. It was just like a very just bland type of game. I don't know. I'd have to give it. I'd have to give it to a defender. Company? Yeah, or would you I mean, go the other side? I don't know. I mean, t- for them to share the points. Yeah, we'll just say that one was just <laughs> yeah, a stalemate. Yeah, that was, that that was, was a, a weird one. No one really deserved it. Um, so let's talk about another team dropping points this weekend. Arsenal versus Spurs. This one's a little more understandable. Arsenal came in as favorites. Game tied 1-1 um, at the final whistle. Fucking Derby match. Derby match. North London Derby. Massive Derby. Derby game. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mister Gunner? Um, really fast-paced game from the beginning. Um, play was really wide open in midfield, which for our team I liked the goons, but for Tottenham I did not like. I get. It, I I already had a bad feeling. Literally from from the third minute between to the tenth minute, it was up and down like a basketball game almost where teams were going from side to side, and I could tell it was a little too loose. Francis Coughlin and Santi Cazorla are very disjointed yeah. in that midfield, something which I had noted last week was they, 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 they are disjointed, and that's because Santi's not, that's not his natural position, yeah. a center midfielder, and I think today he got exposed playing against a, a, a physically jacked Musa Dembele. Yeah, and who's housing him. He was absolutely housing him. Even even the young boy Delhi Ali is a strong player. They have, they have a really strong midfield in there. So, it, I think he got exposed today. He was getting bodied left and right. His passes. Um, he couldn't find the rhythm. Couldn't really find the rhythm, and and yeah. and I think he was rightfully so substituted at half. Yeah, it was it was weird because I was talking to my girlfriend at the time, and she she was like, "Why?" why is he captain and why do they sub off the captain at half and i was just you know i was like Dude, like that's a great question like <laughs> i feel like you would try to make some kind of 
tactical adjustment, like move him out wide or something, sacrifice someone else. But no again, that's, to go. that's our debate. Like, is Santi really a leader of men? I, I don't know. He came off at half and the team seemed to do okay with Actually, the team seemed to do better with him off the field. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Either way, he's not he's not the permanent captain, right? He's no. Ramsey's your permanent captain when he's healthy, or am I wrong? No, I'm not Ramsey. It? He's it's it's pair. Oh, Mertz. It's pair Matizaka. Um, he's he's our captain typically, but even before speaking about pair, this dude is the biggest liability in the world. Um, we have to play a high line anytime we're playing with pair Matizaka in the lineup. We have to play a high line because we can't risk. Uh, I don't. I don't know why we play a high line. It doesn't make sense. I, it doesn't to me. I think we should actually sit deep because we know because he's he slow. Recover. But we don't have the midfielders to necessarily do that with Santi Casola. That's how we kind of get exposed, and then we don't have possession. And so I think that's why we play a high line. We do it the opposite, where all right, let's play the offside trap because we know Pear might not keep up. Yeah. But today, Pear Mertesaka dragged out of position goes to close a midfielder and that opens up space for Harry Kane and Koscielny tries to play the offside trap, tries to step up when he shouldn't. I thought it was offside, but honestly, looking back on it, it wasn't. It was clean. Harry Kane was onside. Clinical finish. Mm-hmm. Um, just opened so, up his hips. So it was just the the, the, the defense in the midfield is so struggling. Going back to that goal, see, I blame more Koscielny on that. So, yes, it was triggered. The whole move was triggered by Per going to close down a midfield, stepping up, being pulled out of position. But if you notice, the ball's on the left side of the field. So, yeah. for Per to to shift over to the left side of the field and step up to that midfielder, what should have happened, yes, you can argue Per should have never stepped up, but that means you give that midfielder the ball. I think it was Christian Eriksen who... I'm sure they've been given instructions, close this guy yeah, down. Yeah, find the space, find the space. And as then, soon yeah. as, yes, close him down as soon as he has the ball because he can spread the ball around the field anywhere he wants. So I'm thinking, Per did his job, realized no one's going to close this guy down. So if he gets the ball, he runs at me, right? He turns and runs at me. Kane now is one-on-one with Kashani. So he's like, no, let me close him so he doesn't even get the ball. If he does, he doesn't turn. What Kashani should have done instead of try and play offside trap, and they showed it at halftime during analysis, Kashani should have read that like, oh, Purr's out of position. It's too late for me to step up offside. That was a lazy tactic. He should have just covered the space and like ran into uh, into Kane's path those type of mm. things happen in games all the time where defenders are constantly pulled out of position that's why the 4-3-3 is the biggest formation right now because you can have these wingbacks who can either beat uh not wingbacks uh wingers who can beat the left backs and the right backs which forces a center back to come over and cover so it's really like this dynamic attacking way so i get that dude i agree with you in terms of whose fault it was on that particular goal i think um but i'm talking about like i'm talking per no and i'm talking about the bigger picture okay. i'm talking about the fact that every time per mertesaka starts for arsenal we play with a high line and that's very risky because yeah, he's probably the slowest is. center back in the world, you, you can't trust him for pace. You know he gets exposed. If you're getting exposed for pace against, you know, a Harry Kane, who's not the fastest forward in the world, he, he can move, but he's not, like, blistering by any yeah. means. You know, if you can get exposed for pace against dudes like that, makes it very tricky. And for me, I think maybe playing Gabriel would have been more suited in this game. I um, think he's hurt. If, I mean, 
even, I think it was hurt. Like I, I even think... a, even a Callum Chambers might be better suited in a game like this, um, because Murtazaka has the experience. I understand, ah, but dude, that's put... that particular goal. You're right. It was on Koscielny. He should have he should have stepped. He should have dropped off actually. Um, I think Pear also could have helped him up by not stepping up, by actually just talking to Coughlin to slide over or having a midfielder slide over and kind of dropping off. But at the end of the day, because Stanley's fault, he was the man who kept them on sides. Yeah. And so that was resulted in a goal. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate because Arsenal was looking pretty decent at the time. But after that goal, so... Great ball by Danny Rose, by the way. He just it was It was just perfect. He didn't even have to take a touch. Yeah. So Arsenal second half, um, dude. What was I, I saying? I lost I, my mind. Oh, so they bring in Gibbs. What? <laughs> they bring Gibble. in Gibbs, yeah. left mid slash left wing type of position. And you know what, what is that about? Look, I'm gonna have to applaud Wenger first of all in this game for not being stubborn with his substitutes and his tactics and making changes and addressing them when he needed to um, at the moment. Hence, Santi Cazola taking him out at half. Very rarely does yeah. he take out a player at half. Agreed. He saw there was a major problem, which was misshaping the midfield, made an effective decision, brings on Kieran Gibbs in the second half. He scores the goal to tie it up, and it's one of those goals where he just wanted it. He just wanted it more. Kyle Walker, up until that point, I thought was my man of the match. He was having a tremendous game. He was. Bottling up Alexis Sanchez. He Every time there was a break down that left people. flank, yeah. which is a very dangerous flank of ours. Every time there was a, a, a break down that flank, he shut it down. Walker. Absolutely shut it down. And going forward, he was looking dangerous too. But a little unfortunate for the goal. I'm telling you, right back and left back, hardest positions to play in, in, in the game. You think so? Yeah, I think it's it's the hardest position because even you look at the that goal, he was in a a pretty all right position. He attempted to clear it. A, a beautiful ball came in from Ozil on the yeah. right side. In swinging um, too, which is really hard to clear. Yeah, and up until that point, Arsenal wasn't really getting delivery into the boxes in in free play. We had yeah. a lot of set pieces where yeah. there was some quality shown, and Giroud I thought should have had a couple of goals, but. He might have been cow of the game. Yeah, he, he was cowish for sure. He was cowish because he 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 could have came through in the corner kick. Yeah, he had three of them like unchallenged. Like it's like, dude, you're one of the the tallest players on the field, and like you have three unchallenged headers, and yeah. not one of them on target. Like at least put it on target. It was close, but no cigar, man. Yeah. But back to the goal. Ozil puts a nice little ball in, and Walker. This is why I say it's the hardest position to play. Walker is attempting to clear the bounces in between the six and the post, and he's contorting his body to kick it out for a corner. Yeah. He's accepting the fact that, okay, this is a corner, yep. but Gibbs just wants it, sprints right into him, crashes into him, left foot and all, tucks it in somehow in the near post. Great yeah. goal for Lloris, like, flapped that. He flailed at the, at Dude, the ball. Dude, it was so unfortunate because it bounced at Lloris's, like, <laughs> knees. <laughs> and, like, he had his hands down to save it. But, like, as it bounced, it bounced, like, up over him. And he tried to, like, get his hands up to, to oh. like, push it up over the over the crossbar. And it was just, it was so devastating. It. <laughs> it was so sad. It was so close. Oh, it was amazing. Pure joy. And Gibbs, man, I, I guess he can play that left wing spot. But... That is a question of depth, I think you were bringing up earlier. 
That's the problem with Arsenal. I was like, Gibbs, at le- a guy I've watched for years now at the left-back position or right-back once in a while when they need him. And because of your injuries, you come up at as your left-back and you have to put him at left-wing mid. But Nacho's outballed him, to be look, honest. Look, it worked. Clearly, it worked. I mean, Wenger, you could argue it's luck, but the way... Gibbs aggressively went for that. He was clearly given instructions like, look, you come in on the back post, crash late, we'll get balls in. Because after that, Arsenal looked like they were crossing more. They were getting the ball. So yeah, it looks we're like we're finally that was getting service into the sec- in the second half. Yeah, so I think Wenger switched the tactics and like, let's get service in there. Let's get it to Giroud. Let's get it to the back post to Alexi or vice versa. And you got to give him credit for that because we asked the question. What's going to happen when Arsenal goes down 1-0 in the first half? The past couple of games, I Swansea, Watford, we look shaky, very shaky in these first halves. We get to 0-0s, and then we go on on 3-0 goal spurts. But yeah. now we go down a goal in a derby match, huge rival, with some with some quality. These players have some quality. Yep. And I think, I think it, we showed heart. He definitely showed heart, but also... You could argue that you were lucky not to go 2 nothing down because there were fits and spurts where for like five minutes or so, Tottenham was sort of knocking it around your final third, trying to penetrate, and unfortunately didn't have the, the class, not the class, the... Just the, the luck, really, because Ericsson yeah. had one on, on the right side. It's deflected off Flamini and easily could have been one of those disaster goals. Yes. That's just a spirit breaker. Absolutely. So, I'm, you know, Arsenal showed that they do have heart. I don't know if their heart is strong enough to constantly be coming back from games like this. So you're going to need to button up that defense if you're going to have a real title run. And that's that's what I'm saying. Maybe depth, Venga. We may need to address this in January. So please do something about that. Um. So who's your man of the match? Um. I'd have to say my man of the match goes to um the Tottenham player, um young under what is he under 20 year old yeah. Delhi Ali 19 year old Jeez. this this kid man you he, he was he was amazing today had an amazing game um physically mature as hell um he was bodying up on Santi bodying up on on um Dubushi a little bit and just flicking it over people just playing with so much confidence out there um and I, I just thought he was very inspirational um to Tottenham um, he he really caused caused us a, a problem in there, and I thought exposed um, a lot of it. So I, I give it to the young young English international. Um, yeah, I give I give an honorable mention to Gibbs for coming in and playing out of position and scoring that goal to you know save his club's butt. But I think yeah, Daily Ali. I mean, it was pretty obvious in the game too. I'm sure. I think that's the. Um, that was the broadcast man of the match as well, too, nah, in the it stadium. Dem- it was Dembele. Was it Dembele? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's, I mean, Deli Ali, like, I saw the same thing. And this kid's, like, 19. I saw him I saw him for the first time earlier this season. And I was like, who's this long-legged, like, free-flowing, like, confident kind of player? Mm. And he looks like he's shaping up into a real stud, you know, a real talent for real the team. Real player, man. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's that's my man of the match. If Tottenham can get Lamella, Erickson, and... Deli Ali and Kane hitting on all cylinders, they could be a problem because their defense is really, really solid. Yeah, Vertonghen and Eric Dyer, they and 
nah, Toby Alderweireld too. Can't, can't be stopped, Walker. And then you got Hugo Lloris, the French national goalie. Like very solid spine. Yeah, very absolutely. solid spine. Eriksson at the ten spot. You got Kane now, who's scoring goals. I hope. I hope they can keep this team together. I'd be curious to see next season what they can do. But I nah, think I, don't. I think Kane. Hope they I, get dismantled. Eriksson, I think, is gonna <laughs> leave. Go to somewhere bigger. But um, where bigger? Because Ericsson, I feel like, hasn't got over that hump. You know how, like, Modric, there was, you could start to see, holy shit, like, this player is becoming something. And he managed to get over that hump, and that's why Real Madrid came for him. I feel like Ericsson's been teetering on that edge. He hasn't quite, he'll show three or four games, brilliant class, assist, dishing out balls. But then he'll disappear for, like, three or four. So it's like... Nah, he hasn't hit that, like, Coutinho yeah. hot yet. Where and it's like, all right, we see you, young man. Like Exactly, we're it's, watching It's, it's about that time. It's, it's, it's almost nearing that time. He still has to, like, prove it. If he proves it basically over the second half of this campaign... Where do you I think, think he goes? I think he's ready to go. Where? where? Like, what do you think? Like, level club. Like, is he going to Madrid? Barcelona. I can, no. I can, I can see him as, no. as a, I can see him as an attacking mid. Oh. I can see him as because think about it. They, they, look, everyone's getting older within that. Um, Sergio Roberto is their new guy. Yeah, but Barca. he's play, but he's also playing right back for them. He's not playing a lot of the center mid. He's most of this season been playing right back for them, so he can play there. But Iniesta's getting older. You've lost Xavi. They have forwards for days. Messi's going to drop in that role, but I think Coutinho, man. Oh, you're saying Coutinho. Oh, I was yeah. asking about Ericsson. Oh, Ericsson? Yeah, nah, we were talking about nah, nah, Ericsson. Nah. I was like, Ericsson nah, couldn't nah, get over nah, that. Nah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Coutinho. Oh, yeah, Coutinho, I can see that. Yeah, I was like, oh. why are you battling me so hard on oh, this? Oh, no. Like, that's like, easy, Ericsson money. the Barca? Let's all calm down. No, I was no. asking about Ericsson because he couldn't quite get over that hump. And then you compared him to Coutinho, okay, who so looks like he's getting over that hump right now. So, Ericsson, what happens to him? You think he stays at Tottenham, basically? I think he, he stays until he shows that he's better yeah yeah but i think he's gonna show that sooner than later how how high do you think he could get like with his talent do you think he has like a barca level talent or do you I think mean, it's that's, more like that's that's like that's tough yeah. um i think he's very talented though i think he could be Agreed. a free kick specialist Agreed. um very creative player has to just add goals to his game um and and just that defensive that extra bit defensive work rate but yeah, I mean, I think he's a very talented player. I think I could see him at a PSG. I could see him. That's high, at, bro. Man, I know, I know. That's he, high. I think he's quality. I think he's quality, and I think I could see him there at his maximum potential. Right now, it's a little bit more difficult because I think he's not surrounded with the best players. I think he's a player who becomes better when he's surrounded by other gotcha. stars like, uh, versus goodbye. the star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a goodbye type guy. He needs that support system, and if he has it, he'll. He'll shine, I think. He'll shine, yeah. You're right. Hopefully, it works out for him. All right, speaking of Coutinho, Poole versus Palace handed their first loss under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, someone slowed him down. Finally, right? Slowed his Klopp train down. Jesus, it was. I was nervous. I was watching some of the game, and um, Palace, dude. Palace. I love Palace. man. I love Alan Pardew has. And I love it. You know what the best part about Alan Pardew killing it at Palace is? Newcastle looks like they're getting relegated. Idiots. That's the best part. Why would you let the silver hair fox go? 
It was unbelievable, dude. He had the whole French connection clicking together, and then they got dismantled because it wasn't his fault. Kabai wanted to go play at PSG. He was getting called to come back home. He's French. I can't blame him. But that team with Sissoko. I mean, they started they, struggling. They started showing a dip in form. But I think what it is is Newcastle became a little spoiled. They did. Where they thought, all right, now we're better than what you're giving us. Exactly. It's not good enough. We're looking to take a step up. And they may have tried to run before they could crawl. And it reminds me also of Aston Villa with... Um, O'Neal, Martin O'Neal, when they had the Bong Lahores and everyone was clicking and everyone was hot and they had Ashley Young and like it was a team where like it was on that cusp of being maybe like a Tottenham level, like maybe finishing six, seven, maybe fifth if you have a good season. But like, again, they got rid of their coach. They were like, oh, to get to the next level, we need better management. And now they're fucking battling relegation. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. So it's like these teams... I get so arrogant, not arrogant, overly ambitious, I should say. It's not arrogant because there's nothing wrong with wanting to get your club into the top three. It's got to be difficult, though, right? Because that desire almost blinds you sometimes with managers because there's a lot less. Yeah, and there's a lot less patience. Yeah. There's a lot less patience. It's difficult to say, I believe in your system nowadays versus what, what, what have you done for me lately? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the sad thing about football nowadays is that that's just how it is actually the world you know that's the world the world is microwave society that's it yeah we want things quick and unfortunately newcastle now they might go down i don't know villa looks like they might go down so it's like these clubs that were at the level where you could say west ham is today or stoke looks like they're threatening or swansea were today like that's where they used to be Leicester's a different story because they're, they're flying high. If Jamie Vardy gets injured, I think Leicester is fucked. But I'm saying you bring in a, uh, also you bring in a manager like like Ranieri, who's who's a class manager. Experienced, yeah. He's proven it in the past too, but all of a sudden if you start having a bad run of form, then what? Do you, do you just let go of him? or? You That's know? the thing. That's the thing. Like how, like, and it, My question always is like, if you let him go, then who do you bring in? So, for example, if you let Mourinho go, who do you bring in? Ancelotti again? Like That's the thing. You it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Just ride this out with Mourinho. Sit him down. Tell him, hey, you got to, like, rein it in a little bit. I know you like to be eccentric and, you know, be in the media and mind games. But, like, rein it in. Leave poor old man Wenger alone. Like, let's stop beating up on Arsenal. Like, let's just go back to being robots and playing soccer. And if someone sits him down and gives him that talk, I think Chelsea can find their way. Obviously, that's not the discussion we're having right now, but just like... Stu's always got to take random Arsenal jabs, yeah. <laughs> old man. Random ass old Arsenal man jabs. Banger. Out of left field. Nah, man, I um, think Bolasi, this dude Bolasi, he, he finally got given a shot to play striker, or center forward, and he made it pay. You know, he made it count. He did, and credit to him. He made it count. He got his opportunity. He put it away. Yeah. But what the hell was Khan thinking? In the box, ball comes in from Zaha. He does this weird layoff thing. I think there is him forgetting that just because you're given instruction by a manager to play out the back, possession, 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 keep the ball, (laughs) keep the ball, keep the ball, doesn't mean you try to do this cute layoff pass in your own 18. You can't do that. That's what comes with the consequences of that. You have to learn the the rights and wrongs of doing that. Boot it. Every once in a while, you just got to boot it. If he boots that ball, it's a reset. 
You save yourself a goal, but instead he tries to lay it off. Falls at Belasi's feet. Belasi in the box. Nine times out of ten, he's burying that ball, and he buried Dang. it. There was no, there, there was no like coolness. There was no slotting it. Exclamation! Composure. No, he was like beast mode. I'm gonna break the net, <laughs> and he punished he's quality him. man. He punished Khan, man. Uh, he's quality. He's such a nightmare to play against. One of the worst forwards to play against. I think those types of forwards, skillful, powerful, fast, have a nose for goal, aren't selfish. Will get their teammates involved. Um, yeah, really, really good goal. Um, but again, um, young Coutinho stepping up for dude, Liverpool. Dude, talk about being inspired. This is this Coutinho reminds me of Shinji under, un, under Klopp at Dortmund. Like, just I think we're gonna start hearing people talking about Coutinho to Madrid, Coutinho to Barca, Coutinho to PSG. Like, this kid right now is looking really hot, and he's always had this class he just couldn't put it together even when he was under Rodgers and Rodgers did his best I don't blame Rodgers I think it's a combination of injuries and losing your star players he was really starting to show it against Rodgers he was he was and those the the best part of his game for me is his cannon he can shoot so like he doesn't need to beat you go around you get in the box and shoot no like he can beat you maybe 20 yards out 25 yards out quick step over buys himself some room on the right foot Boom! Balls in the net. Like that's it. Just just needs a yard. That's it. Just, just a, a yard. yard. Now this this goal that he scored to tie the game up that also showed his class, his composure to just slot the ball through through the defender's legs. You know, send the ball away from where the keeper's going. I think it also showed his confidence too, because a lot of the times yes. when you're not feeling confident, you don't take that shot first time. He just naturally stepped into well that. Said. No questions asked. He just it was it was robotic like you said it was just like like he was in the zone he didn't even think about it with confidence first time strike a lot of times when people are struggling they may take a touch or look to pass to a teammate when you should just strike the ball yeah and good things happen when you shoot exactly and i i love how that move sort of started with ibe just like running at the defense and just causing problems and it's it's beautiful to watch Liverpool play now because they have just this confidence and it's amazing what a coach will do. I know I've said it before, everyone said it before, but like just bringing in clubs, these are the same guys who played under Rodgers. Like there's not a single player he has brought in. There's not the only thing that's changed are the training sessions and the team talks. That's it so far, you know? And he's That's mental though. That's probably the biggest part. I know, and it's just amazing to see, you know, every once in a while because we sort of forget how important a manager is, you know. We just fire him at will, you know. Oh, you lost three games in a row, get rid of him, you know, that type of stuff. And it's just there are times to get rid of him. And in this time, like, it was right for Liverpool to get rid of him, clearly. But, like, it's amazing to see this team, like, clicking and flicking the ball. And and they don't even have all their players they yet. They don't even have Sturridge back, dude. Ben Teke sort of still working his way back to being a 90-minute player, like, What's going to happen when they bring Dortmund players? It's unbelievable. The Gundogans. If Gundogan decides to come over, Hummels maybe comes, works with his old manager. Like, as long as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang doesn't come oh, over, geez. we'll be fine. Nah, they won't he let him go. He needs to come to the goons. He's scoring goals for fun in, in Mr. Germany. Wenger, sign Aubameyang today. Yeah, he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. So then uh, Palace decides to spoil Klopp's party. Scores a goal off a set piece for the winner. Scott Dan coming through. Unbelievable, dude. It was 
It was a good game, man. It was a good game because Palace didn't lay down. No. Nope. Obviously, Liverpool wouldn't lay down. They're the home team, and they, they play in the club. No, club never lays down for anyone, except maybe maybe you could say uh, Bayern Munich, Champions League. <laughs> Doesn't really have a choice. He got <laughs> no, he got sabotaged. I yeah. feel so bad. He did with Goza. Goza was just like, so bad. nah, After, I'm just not going to play in this final. <laughs> yeah, I got signed by the other team. So, yeah, good luck. I'm not going to ruin my chances at the other at my new club by scoring against them. It was just dirty. Giving them hush the money. <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of respect with Goza. But then he scores at the World Cup. Then I gained all of it back. <laughs> he scores a winning goal to win the World Cup. I got to give him his respect back. back. No, no, he's good, dude. There's no way I can argue that he's not good. I'm just saying for him, for me, he'll always... Yeah. It's that Bayern never. shit, man. They got a monopoly on the league. I can't even blame yeah, the but, kid. But even like probably Lewandowski. had a hit out on his family or no, something. No, even Lewandowski went over. I love Lewandowski. Good for him. Like it's just because Goetz set out a Champions League final and he was under contract, dude. Like he was paid by Dortmund to play for them. He was healthy, and he signed a deal to go to the next club. But the the deal wasn't kicking in until the transfer like how can you sit out a champions league final for dortmund like a small club like that going against giants and you just you're the poster child for nah, the man i'm good no love unbelievable <laughs> no love unbelievable that's so gross anyway so 2-1 palace gets the win yeah man got the ducats suck a dick club first l <laughs> Jesus. First L in the EPL. I'm just saying. <laughs> First L always hurts. Um and and the and the, the silver hair fox got it done. He did. I like Zaha, man. I like the way Zaha plays. I think he just needs to find his form, stay in his lane, get his mental game right, get his consistency on par. That's it. Decisions. I, but he's I think he's a really good player and they have um a great core. Yeah. So you might have a match for that game? Bolasi talked about him last yeah, week. Yep. Dude was just a nightmare. Even in that in that goal, it showed his effort, his heart. I mean, Scott Dan also did a great job to get the winner, and the defense was solid for for Palace. But anytime Bolasi's in the squad, I think they have a chance. Yeah, I agree. Bolasi killed it. Um, other scores around the league. You want to jump uh, Newcastle going, uh, almost going down to Burnmouth. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, watching that game, like, Newcastle should have lost that game. Like, they got one of those goals where, you're, like, you're away from home, you score that quick counter-attack goal, and then you close close the doors. Just and stay organized. That's it. And sometimes that's what it takes in, in, the, in the Barclays Premier League. And I think that's a lesson that, that the promoted team had to learn. But what does that say about Newcastle? A team that's been in the league for so long has pedigree. Had Alan Pardew was sort of threatening to break into that top five on a regular basis, and now they're scrapping wins against Bournemouth. I think Castle needs to shake it up. Honestly, I think they still have um, some of the players from the Pardew regime, and um, you know, just like Colaccini. And, like, you know, yeah. older guys who are there, who are leaders, who are very important players to the club. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you have to refresh it a little bit and um, and, and mix it up. I think they do have they – did, they did do a pretty good job of doing that in the attack um, by picking up Ayose, the goal scorer, Wijnaldum, who I think is a yeah. quality player. What a signing that was. Kid, be on the lookout for this yeah, kid. Definitely. I think he, he's, he's a really, really good player. Um and and a couple of others, um, which they have, but 
I, I think, um, yeah, Newcastle just, they need to shake it up. Shake it up defensively. And going forward, it was a good goal, I thought. Even though it was that quick counter counterattack goal. We yeah. them laid it off um, for Ayose, who just squirted under the goalie. Got his hands on it. Probably yeah. pissed at himself, but... No, it was, it was it was a good a good performance um, by by the promoted team and it's just it's just a harsh lesson you have to learn. You're not gonna win every game and sometimes starting fast um, is a very very positive thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, Leicester two one to West Ham. Leicester keeps the party going and now you could you could have argued that West Ham and Leicester were sort of following the same path of a flying high and Leicester finds a way to. To peck, to peck West Ham down. Watford. Uh, yeah, Watf- Watford. Why yeah. did I say West Ham? Watford. It's all good. They get, they get stuck in mind sometimes. Um, yeah. Again, man, that boy Vardy. Vardy's a savage. He gets, he gets himself a PK, but he keeps a run going. Um, I think this now the next game he plays, he has a chance to tie up Rude Vanisselroy's record Rude. Of, of of scoring ten goals in ten games consistently, um, or consecutively. Um, so I think this Leicester team is good, man. This Leicester team is good. They have your boy Mares. They got a couple other random players I like, and um, with the right manager in place, solid team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, funny note in that game though. So after Vardy gets the PK, earns the PK. So obviously everyone's expecting Vardy to take it because he's going for that Ruud Van Nistelrooy record, and. Look who comes up, snatches the ball, and starts marching towards the PK spot. Your boy. Mares. I don't know what <laughs> this dude is thinking. Like He's thinking, oh, I heard the hype. Thinking, I'm going to Madrid. <laughs> I'm going to Barca. Goal bonus. He's thinking, goal bonus. I'm going to get this goal, get this check. He's hearing the hype, man. So the crowd boos him, immediately persists to boos <laughs> him. He's like, you know, he's confused. He's sort of walking to the spot. He's not sure exactly why they're booing him. And then all of a sudden, he realizes, oh, I'm taking a PK. We have a forward here who's on a run. Why not give it to him? And he's forced basically by the crowd to give Vardy the ball to take the PK. And Vardy, like the man he is, smashes it Buries into the net. <laughs> smashes it to no the chance. Proceeds to sprint off as he usually does <laughs> with a celebration. I feel like he runs harder when he celebrates than when he's like playing the game. He celebrates so hard, that guy. Bro, it's like... It's like a new day for him every time he scores. It's like it's like his his kid was born or something. Like he gets so unbelievable. Amped up, bro. And I think it's a story, man. The story of like dreaming about this since you're a kid and you had a fight so long and you finally break through at 28 years old. Like it's such a fight. You think about guys like Rooney who've been pro since they were 16, dude. And you're like working part time jobs. You're on probation. Like you're on house arrest. You're on curfew. Like trying to become a soccer pro and you could have easily like when you were playing at that semi level semi pro level you could have easily ducked out and like started with the women and the drinking and the drugs but he stayed focused and now he's he's threatening a break <laughs> rude but are you kidding me like when you think about pedigree hitting on all like, cylinders now like rude renosaur has been a pro since he was a kid like who's this like jamie vardy blue collar kind of player i love it dude what a sign story. him please 
I don't know if it'd be as effective on any other exactly. team. I don't but... know if this is, this feels like a one hit yeah. one. Like let's just enjoy Vardy for who he is. I hope it's not. I hope he can keep well, it going until like... he's 32, 33. But maybe his dribbling quality to those other teams. Yes, I agree with. But his killer instinct, his speed, yeah, and his work rate. He's gonna work for the team. You, you, you know, agree. he's not gonna cheat you on that. So I think it's. I think he'd be a really sneaky pickup in January. Yeah, definitely. Um, other results in the league? Um, uh, going with West Ham, Everton, 1-1, um, full score. Uh, West Ham, very, very talented team. Again, random dudes like Payet. To this week, they had a, a Lanzini score goal. Nice little Sherla or a little Curla to the top right. Um up a 90, really clinical finish. But again, Lukaku showing that he has plenty potential and um, rounding the goalie to tie it up 1-1. So this Everton team, keep asking the question defensively, can you be solid? You know, and I know they're away from home, but um, we know they have the firepower, so they're going to score goals. But if they can, if John, young John Stones can step up and, and really be tight back there then they, they have a chance um to really do some good things but even score and they slapped a 45 million dollar uh not dollar um pound tag on him smart uh everton they're Hell like yeah. you want him you're gonna have to pay 45 million and it's so funny because we're, we live in a world now where like okay 45 sounds reasonable for lukaku like because you get 60 million for Di maria you know or like 80 million for ronaldo so like a guy like Lukaku sort of had a chance at top flight soccer, like at Chelsea, sort of, because he was never really, like, given a fair starting position. But he didn't really cut it at Chelsea, you know? And I think it's because he was young, man. I don't think Mourinho ever liked him. I think I Mourinho has those plays. Like Kevin De Bruyne, who now everyone agrees is a top talent, yeah. one of the best players, proved it in Germany, yeah. um, which is a really difficult league. You're playing up against Bayern Munich, and for you to get German Player of the Year says something, you know. Says a lot. So for Mourinho just to look at a player like that and say, "No, I don't. You're not my guy. You're not my type of player." Could be an ego thing could, too, arrogance. Sometimes coaches just don't like certain players. You know, they just don't match their system for whatever reasons. But I think those two losses are really huge because I think Chelsea had the pieces really for a dynasty to go on and win three or four in a row. Yeah. Lukaku could have been firing on all cylinders this year. Kevin De Bruyne could have been the, that guy for them this year on top of a Willian, on top of a Hazard, on top of a Cesc Fabregas. So yeah. now the squad's looking a little thin for creativity, and that's the price that they have to pay. But no, um, pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff, though, um, with Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku's looking good, man. Other results... Um Last two, Southampton and Sunderland. Southampton finds a way. Finds a way to get three points. Three very valuable points for them. Really off of a stupid penalty kick. Such lack of discipline by Jan Vila, who was touted as, you know, a very good player. You know, the next Vieira type of moniker he he had, but really showed a lack of discipline. And um, Tadic steps up, takes a really great penalty kick. Bottom right hits the side netting away from the goalie. Pretty much impossible for any goalie to stop. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's exactly how PK should be taken. That kind of technique, curling away, side netting. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. 
Norwich City steals three points from Swansea. Yeah, man. Norwich just my god. The birds. They they they, they randomly the stole Mary's. that. Yeah, they they stole it from um Swansea, and Swansea now having 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 some some bad results, struggling against Arsenal. Um, three nil. So to now get to get another loss, um, can't be can't be good. Um, so I know they have some talent on that team too, and Andre Ayew, and a couple other players. They're they're gonna yeah. be looking to pick their Gomez. game up. Like where, Swansea just Swansea kills me, man, because they always threaten to put on a run, like put together a run, and like, and they draw points against a Nor- Norwich team, which you know is not a bad team. Norwich is not bad at all. It's just Swansea. I feel like is just better. Like Swansea should be taking care of those games, and it's unfortunate to see them not to. But well, it's matchups, I think, because Swansea matches up really well against. You know, an Arsenal, and if you look at that first half, they were giving us problems because they like to put the ball down and play, but they're also physical. Yeah. Whereas a Norwich is physical first, and then, you know, they'll maybe look to put the ball down and play. They still have that championship mentality. Exactly. So so the matchup is really difficult. Swansea's aspiring to play a different type of football versus versus, um, Norwich, who's just coming right at you. And Johnny Housen for him, this is Johnny Housen for him to get the winning goal for Norwich 1 0. Gotta be a big goal for him. Yeah. Good for him. All right. So I think we got it all, dude. Got match day 11 covered. Yeah. Banged it out. Um, just around the world, man. S- special goal scored by Neymar um, dude. against Villarreal. Dude, Did you this see? This guy. It? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Dude, this guy. <laughs> Neymar. Neymar, look. Look it up. I was down. I was down in Barcelona before because my friend and I, you know, my my boy Igor, we've been talking about Champions League and things like that, and who's gonna win. A long, a lot of time thinking Bayern. The more I'm watching Barcelona and the way they're playing without Messi, it's really scaring me. And the defense is starting to kind of piece it together back there, starting to get some clean sheets. The goal Neymar scored though, he had this ridiculous like over the head flick into like a first time finish. It was. It was something else. It was something special. So definitely check that out. Um, but I'm I'm thinking Barcelona is gonna be right there in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean they're always right there anyway. But yeah, like they're getting results without Messi, like you said. Like I don't see why they wouldn't be right there, man, going yeah. against the bars, uh, the Barnes. But I don't know if they'll they'll have enough. It's the defense. To beat a yeah, that's the thing. Like the German efficiency, the efficiency that team plays with. There's, so people say, like, Pep Guardiola, like, he's only managed the best teams. Like, he's always had the cream of the crop kind of talent. Which he has. Which he definitely has. But what he's managed to do with that cream of the crop talent. A guy like Ancelotti has also coached a lot of cream of the crop talent. Like, so, like, you compare him to other managers. Van Gaal's had cream of the crop talent. Like, you compare him to that level. And, like, Pep is special, dude. Like, I don't care what they say. Yes, he's never come into, like... Chelsea of 2001, 2002, and like built him and make it, made him a powerhouse like Mourinho. He's never won with an FC Porto type team. There's something to be said about being able to manage the best players exactly. in the world. And like, to do it so well. Yeah, you look at a Phil Jackson, even from NBA basketball. All right, he coached Michael Jordan, he coached Kobe Bryant. But you have to manage those killer instinct personalities. Yes, you have yes. to manage a yep. Lionel Messi. You have to get the Iniesta, best out of him every game. You have to challenge him. You have to be able to look Messi in the eye and said, you had a bad game. 
You yes. didn't play up to your best. You could have done more. And a lot of coaches run from that. A lot of coaches are intimidated by these players. And so I think the knock on when people say that he's managed the best teams, it, it, it shouldn't be taken as seriously as some people take it because there are a lot of managers out there who would who would just drown in the water, who yeah. would not be able to, to, to manage these players. You could argue Mourinho drowned in the water at Madrid. You know, he wasn't really getting along too well with Ronaldo. You know, their relationship was okay. It wasn't broken, but it wasn't this bond, this close bond that you could argue Pep had with Messi. You know, Messi respected him. Eventually, at the end, they sort of fell out. I think some things happened but, with Ica Casillas, too, which really, yeah. and so the Spanish national team. So it's like, this, like you said, there's something to be said about a guy who can manage the best talent in the world and do it so well. Like, Bayern's looking like Barcelona of the mid-2000s. Like, fact. And they last year, you know what? Last year, I think they were looking too much like the Barcelona of the 2000s. They were trying to yeah. overplay. Yes. This year is different. It's efficient. This, this year, year is just efficient. It's about efficiency. Get the ball forward, score the goal. Yes, we're playing as much as we can, but we're scoring first. That's it. That's the goal. If it's on, we're scoring. If it's on, we're shooting. We're not trying to get 16 passes and then walk the ball into the goal. Like, no. Like, if it's on, we're going. And it's scary, dude. It's scary to watch Bayern. So, yeah, even though we mainly focus on, you know, EPL, we watch just about every league, you know, all the yeah. big games. So, We'll mention it, you know, throughout our podcast. Like, if you guys ever have any, like, comments or you want us to cover certain games or whatever, you know, hit us up. Uh, Twitter, it's at podcastfcshow, facebook.com slash podcastfcshow. You can also email us, uh, podcastfcshow at gmail.com. Hit us up, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, also, man. leave us an iTunes review and subscribe, guys. Subscribe. Do. Help us out. Uh, leave a five-star review only, please. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Leave an honest review. If it's a one-star, it is what it is. We'll figure it out. But either way, we'd love some feedback from you guys. And, man, I just want to shout out, you know, some of the fellow podcasters out there um, who, who we listen to and, you know, who, who also kind of inspire us, you know, just to be better every day. Shout out to Tax tax Season um, and uh, Tariq Elite Show. Let's do Tariq uh, Nasheed, really intelligent dude. Um, Radio Lab, that's a good one. Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Um, the JRE, the Joe Rogan Experience, um, another good one. Fighter and the Kid, a um, couple other podcasts. Um, the Combat Jack Show, Church of What's Happening Now, Joey Diaz, Brilliant Idiots, you know, etc. Just some of the podcasts we also listen to and we, we mess with. But other than that, um, you guys be good. Um, stay up top with your footy. We'll see you out there. Go Goons. All right, guys. That's it for us. We'll see you. Glory, glory. Goons. <laughs>